Welcome, 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 welcome to the doubled up, 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 the doubled up podcast. Welcome to the doubled up podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Doubled Up Podcast, the weekly podcast talking all things trainers, sneakers, kicks, creps, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world. I'm Matt and with me as he is every single week, Scott. Scott, how you doing, mate? Good. I've got a bottle of whiskey at the ready. I'm ready for a big episode. The whiskey's out. It's clearly a, a, a night for celebration, hey, mate? Night for celebration. Party time. Party time. Well, uh... I mean, it makes sense. Normally, on someone's birthday, you might have a couple of drinks to celebrate, and that's exactly what we're uh, doing today. So, um, for those of you listening, welcome to the uh, two-year anniversary of the Doubled Up podcast. Um, I Honestly, it's a little bit mad. Um, I'm also... People are probably sick and tired of us celebrating useless stuff because obviously last week we celebrated our 100th episode that was supposed to be a few weeks earlier. But of course, there's been a couple of weeks where we've missed out for a variety of different reasons Mm -hmm. this year. I know we prided ourselves of like 80 episodes or 80 weeks in a row or whatever it was. And then it ended up being that we missed a few weeks. So it was supposed to be that a few weeks prior, we were supposed to do our 100th mm-hmm. episode. Just happened to line up that our 100th episode and our two-year anniversary were literally back-to-back weeks. So we're just going to use this as an opportunity. Everyone's feeling festive. It's December now. Um, we're just going to kind of celebrate and be mm. merry and uh, have a good episode. Yeah, officially, it is officially Christmas now, 1st of December. You're allowed to start celebrating now, as far as I'm concerned. That's true. That is true. Um, I haven't opened my advent calendar today. We are recording this on the 1st of December. Um, I'm waiting to this afternoon. Talking very briefly, we are going to get into our episode, but um, I actually bought a second advent calendar today, Scott, on the 1st of December. Um, I went onto Instagram this morning and saw a good friend of the podcast, Rich, posted that he had a Lego Guardians of the Galaxy advent calendar. Um, I got I got very, very jealous and googled it to see if anywhere had any on stock and because it was the first of december they were on this they were on offer um on the lego uh, website so straight away went on there grabbed one it's arriving in a couple of days time i know what i'm looking for right now then <laughs> <laughs> while scott frantically googles guardians of the galaxy advent calendar on the lego website i'm gonna let the listeners know how what we're basically gonna do like i said we're celebrating our two-year anniversary first of all i would like to thank everyone that has listened to any of the episodes over the last two years whether you are someone that has listened right from the beginning and completely listened to every single episode uh, whether you're someone that's dipped in and out whether this is just happens to be your first ever episode listening to the Double Up podcast. Wherever you are, if you've so much as listened to a minute of us talk rubbish about shoes over the last two years, I want to very sincerely say thank you. Um, of course, at the minute, we're starting to come towards the end of the year. Everyone's been going crazy online about their Spotify wrapped and things like this. And honestly, me and Scott have had a little bit of a, uh, a, a smile on our face all week from seeing people posting that... Their, one of their top podcasts listened to this year was us and seeing all the stats of people that have tuned in. And uh, the biggest one for me was the fact that Spotify said that our listener personality type was the enthusiast. People that listen week in, week out. And that honestly made my day to think that there are some people that uh, 
uh, every Monday, their morning commute is us talking about shoes. So as I said, anyone that's listened to us over the two years, thank you. And we wanted to use this as an opportunity to kind of celebrate with people that have been along for the ride over the last two years. And Scott, this is another one of your ideas. So not only did you think about last week's episode of us uh, revisiting our Sneaker of the Year miniseries, you have also come up with this one. So I feel like whatever you've been eating for breakfast, uh, keep eating it because the creative juices have been flowing. Um, We have reached out to basically every guest that has ever come up on the Doubled Up podcast. And we have asked them to submit a question. Um, So we have had so many people sending us voice notes all week with their questions. And we're basically going to do a Q&A extravaganza from all of the previous guests that have been on the Doubled Up podcast. There are some amazing names, uh, people that you'd recognize from recent episodes, people that were on way back when, and uh, it might be that you want to revisit those episodes. So yeah, basically, there's not really a structure to this other than we are just going to answer as many questions as we possibly can um, from all of these guests. And you might even see a part two to this episode because we have that many questions. I don't quite think we could sit here, Scott, for three hours and answer <laughs> questions. Probably not. There is quite a few. Um, all of those that managed to get a question in by the deadline. So <laughs> who knows? There might be some... If not, you've missed out. Oh, no. You've, you've, you've missed it now. The, the boat has sailed. But, uh, yeah, yeah we, we've had a lot of guests over the years. Um, I can say that now. It feels quite epic to say over, years, over the multiple, years. But yeah. it has been over the years now. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be cool to uh, kind of go back down memory lane and hear some familiar voices once again. Right, in that case, Scott, we're not going to waste any more time um, because we do waffle on at the beginning of these uh, podcasts. So let's just jump straight into it. We have a a double header for our first question. Um, First two questions are from Julian at Dassler's Finest and uh, Chelsea Warner. If either of you could work with any trainer brand for a collaboration, which brand would you pick and which shoe would you pick? If you could pick any famous person to collaborate with any brand, which would you pick and why? Right. So um, the reason why we put these two questions together is because they're kind of similar, right? If you think about Julian's question, Scott, um, if you if either of you could work with any trainer brand uh, for a collaboration, which brand would it be and what shoe? Chelsea's done a similar kind of question, but rather than us working with a brand, a famous person collaborating with a brand. So we thought we'd kind of do this as a bit of a double header who we would um, collaborate with and then who would be our famous person. Um do you want to go first, Scott, or do you want me to go first? Oh, go on. I'll give you the honours on this decide. one. I'll give you the honours on this one. I was kind of hoping you would because I'm not 100% sure on the second question. But anyways, <laughs> to answer um, Julian's question, first of all, um, if you could work with any trainer brands, who would it be and what shoe? I'm Something like this, Scott, I really, really struggle with because I'm so indecisive that I find it so hard to be like, this is who I want to collaborate with. This is the shoe that I want to do. Like, that's a really difficult thing for me. So I was kind of thinking a little bit broader on this rather than necessarily something that I want to do me personally as an individual, as Matt. I thought if I was to have a collaboration, how would I want it to work? And it would definitely have to be something doubled up podcast related. And this actually fits in nicely with Julian, Dasta's Finest, being a massive Adidas collector. Because that makes me then think, well, what was something that, 
mean something to the Doubled Up podcast. And uh, originally I thought ZX, don't really want to go down that route at the minute. So I thought, what's the next best thing? And I think something that for us, um, we're both enjoying at the minute, uh, but also something that is rooted in your background is terrace shoes. Now, I don't know enough about the shoes specifically, but I would want some sort of City Series-esque um, terrace shoe pack, basically. So I'd like to think of it as a bit of a pack. I know that's a little bit greedy, but I'd very much like um, to do our own Doubled Up Podcast London. And then I'd like you to pick like your own Doubled Up Podcast, whether it be Bristol or whether it be kind of where you're living now. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have it as a little bit of a Doubled Up Podcast pack. So it would be yeah, Adidas times Doubled Up Podcast, two shoes, basically representing where we're from. And I think that could be a really cool way of uh, giving a nod to our original connection through Adidas, but also creating something cool um, that means something individual to the two of us. So that would be my pick for the like individual collaboration. Yeah, no, I, I kind of went down a similar line, to be fair. Um, I think if I was going to do a collaboration, I think... It, it, I mean, it'd be cool to do one with any of the brands, Um you know, I think there there is argument for any of them. Um, but to me, I mean, we kind of ended on a soppy note now, last week. But I think a ZX, um, I think, yeah, an Adidas ZX, again, would, would fall down into kind of a similar line of thinking to what Matt was saying in terms of the, uh, yeah, the, the kind of what we're interested in. So, and it, like, whenever they bring up the Nike by U's, I've always kind of designed ones that are like double up, double down, a Nike Air Max and all these type of things. And they always look quite cool, but for some reason they just don't sit right with me. And I think it's just because while, you know, we have kind of through this podcast, you know, our love for like Air Max 90s and 95s has certainly kind of been born or kind of rebirthed. Um, But yeah, I think a ZX and again... It's a really tricky one because, like you said, like one shoe for you, one shoe for me. Matt hates mismatched shoes, so that's saying something. But um, it is one where it, it would be quite two, tricky. I, I, I meant two pairs for us. Oh, by two the way. pairs. Oh, two a pair pairs. each. A pair no, no, each. No, I don't. I don't want a left foot Bristol or right foot <laughs> London. I want a London pair, a Bristol pair. Yeah. No, I like, get, yeah, that, that's yeah. better. That's better because I was thinking like I'm not. I'm not doing mismatch unless it's Dars Argotic. I'm not doing mismatch. Matt, Matt's choosing London so he could just have a grey runner with sail aces. Essentially, that's what he's going for because that's what every London runner ever is. <laughs> you know me so well. But yeah, that that's what it would. Uh, yeah, and I. I think I Matt likes the simpler things and I like some of those slightly louder things. So yeah, it would work, but I, I think it would have to be an Adidas ZX in particular. I think it'd have to be an 8,000. I can't, I think that's the one. I mean, the Hanami, like I say, was, was the one. I think the 8,000 is probably um, my favorite. I, lo- I love the 10,000, but I think I'm looking now and I've got a lot of 8,000 sat on that shelf. Um, so yeah, eight thousand is clearly my uh, my sh- ZX of choice. So uh, yeah, I think that that yeah, that'd have to be it. I think. Well, moving on to Chelsea's question about a famous person collaborating with a brand, who would you pick and why? Scott, I find this one even more difficult. Like the idea of plucking a famous person out of my brain and being like, that is the collaboration that I really want to spend my hard-earned money on. 
I find that so difficult uh, to, to kind of pick one, especially when you kind of envision it in your head as something that would look good. So I'm just going to pick something stupid. Um, I want a New Balance 920 collaboration with The Rock. That's what I want. <laughs> I, I knew that was I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to look. I have no idea. All I envision in my head is maybe like some like some earthy kind of tones in there, and I want a red Brahma ball on the tongue. And all I want, instead of it saying nine twenty on the back of the shoe, I just want it to say the Rock. That's all I want. And the the Chelsea's asked the question: Why do we want this? Because my favourite shoe is a New Balance 920 and my favourite famous person is The Rock. So I feel as if... He's a simple man. Exactly. How else do you approach this question? I can't think of anything cool enough to be like, that's what I want because it's going to be this really cool, super nuanced collaboration. I fucking love The Rock and I love New Balance 920s. Put them together. Take my money. There we go. Yeah. Um... Oh, this is tricky. The main reason it's tricky, I know we've had similar questions before about like um, anime and like TV shows and like retro things yeah, and that. Yeah. It's more what has not already been done. Um, exactly, that's why it's so that's hard. That's the tricky bit. There's parts of me that think to myself, you know, if I think of some of the people that I, you know, that I think famous that I would enjoy, I mean imagine giving like someone like Jim Carrey or Jack Black the free reign to design a shoe. It'd be the most oh, wow. batshit mental. Vans would be sick. This is the thing. There are a some Jack things Black that Vans I'm like... Jack old school would be sick. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. I'd... Something that I would really like to see, and I think if done right, could be done very, very well. It's not really a person. I guess you could, but a group would be Queen or like Freddie Mercury doing an Adidas collab. And I say that because right, actually okay. if you watch the iconic videos of him at like Live Aid, he is wearing essentially a pair of old school, what looks like almost like high top Adidas Sambas. And I was like, if you did like a black pair, gold Queen trefoil logo on the tongue, like just really nice and clean, I think it could look really good. But at the same time, there has been some Queen stuff done before with other collabs, and it's looked really yeah. cheesy and shit. Um, and this is the problem. It's like, how how do you do some of these things well, I think, would be the one. Because I wouldn't want to have a collab. Yeah. I think to myself, I mean, we've mentioned it before, like Childish Gambino, like Donald Glover. Love him. Think all of his stuff's great. However, his shoes, utter dog shit. Shoes are shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to happen, because I'm there like, I want your shoes to be good. Um so yeah, there's there's almost a bit of me that kind of doesn't want my favourite celebrities to do a collab just in case they balls it up. Hey, I feel as if you, you... This is why I went with The Rock. I feel like almost any shoe in the world, right, a clean colourway, because, I mean, at the end of the day, he basically wore like black trunks for his entire time wrestling, right? If you do something with some earthy tones, throw some black uh, uh, hits in there and just a, a nice golden red Brahma ball. Like that's it's not going to look bad. It's not going to look bad, no. especially if you chuck it on a tongue. You can hide it, hide it with the laces. Worst case scenario, right? So yeah, I mean, his, the thing is, his logo, while iconic, is quite childish, really. Like it's it's like I said, it's, chuck it on the tongue, 
Chuck it on the tongue. No one will ever know. Hide it away. Done. Hide it away. For Hide no it away. Oh, no. Th- no that, one else will know. That's the perfect collab. I want to wear a collab that nobody will ever see because I think the logo's childish. <laughs> hey. Not, not on a, no, it's not because it's childish, but I really, really want the Action Bronson uh, 990v6 whenever that comes out oh. because I love Action Bronson and I love the look of the 990v6. Yeah, but that The only thing is... that tells me... <laughs> It's a bit mad. The only thing that tells me that it's an Action Bronson collaboration is the fact that it says Buckler on the tongue, which no one's going to see. I'm going to know it says that on the tongue. You're not going to know it says that I'm on the sorry. tongue. So, hey, same with the Brahma Ball. That's my point. Ball. That's my point, though. I love Action Bronson. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of New Balance. That collab is not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is as far away tell me that. from a grey runner um, as it could humanly be possible. Um, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Really oh, not sure dear. on that one. I was listening to a I was listening to another podcast actually uh, yesterday, and they were talking about like uh, more pictures coming online of it, and they were trying to describe it, and they were like, "There's kind of brown bits on there, there's kind of green bits on there, there's lots of different blues." And the way he was describing it, I was like, "You're not selling this to anyone, mate. I, You're not selling." I it to really anyone. need to like see or hear what they said, like the inspiration for all of this was because. Uh, honestly some sort of hallucinogenic drugs I'm assuming was the inspiration for those doesn't surprise me of Action Bronson but Scott that does actually I'm going to use that as a segue into our second question our second question is from Julia my question for you is if you could choose one element of a shoe that you could absolutely not replace what would that be would you rather a great storyline an iconic silhouette or the best materials and colorway you have ever seen on a shoe. So, Scott, the reason why that segues in is because you were saying, I'd love to hear the story. And Julia has just asked us if you could choose one element of a shoe that you could not replace, what would it be? Whether it be the story, the silhouette, the materials, the colorway. Basically, what, what she's asking is essentially, what's one thing that we think needs to be with every shoe? Does it need to have a really good story behind it? Does it need to be an iconic silhouette? Does it need to have great materials? Is, does it need to have a clean colorway? What is the most important thing to you in a shoe? Um, seeing as I answered the last one first, I'm going to throw this over to you. I'm going to force you to answer first on this one, Scotty boy. And I kind of think I know what you might say. <sighs> I bet you're going to go, it's materials. Um, yeah, because you're a snob for materials. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, materials is a big part. I think it's funny. Um, there's been, I sent you through some really f- good reels from Sneakeromics um, on thing that goes on about like story and stuff. And it's the one with like the lost and founds where it's like, yeah, we've got these Jordans. Yeah, yeah. We can't sell them. Um you know, it's got a mismatched lid because we couldn't find the lid. Are you sure you want them? Nah, I'm all right. Like, it, our Jordan ones aren't good. And then, yeah, 2022, it's like, it's got a mismatched lid and it's, oh my God, the storytelling's amazing and all. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, it, it, we're very fickle in that regard, really. Um, I'm really gullible as well, I would say. But um, I do like a good story. Um, but it doesn't need to have a story. For me, like a, st- a story's nice and it gives it a bit of extra, but it's not essential. Um, silhouette, I mean, that, that was a bit of a tricky one because, again, like you know, t- does it need it, it? It does need to be a good silhouette, but I do think even if you've got a bad silhouette, if you get 
and I, it's difficult because I would say materials and colorway because I think you can have good materials. Maybe choose one. Ah, oh, I, I think you can have good materials but a poor colorway. But I'm if it if it looks good colorway wise, but the materials are a bit like, mm, I'm still gonna wear it. I mean, we discussed like the anatomy of air. It's an amazing colorway. Materials probably not the best, not the most premium. It's definitely not a winter fucking shoe. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, no. lovely cream and red and white suede. Delightful. Um, but it looks good. Um, I'm going to go colorway. I find this really difficult. I, I think a good colorway on a shoe, even if it's on a bad silhouette, can make you go, ooh. Whereas I think others, I think that it might have the best materials known to man, but if it's kind of red, white, blue, pink, orange, gold, you know, every colour known to it. If it looks like the Action Bronson shoe, basically, but it's got... Um... I was literally about to say, sounds like the Action Bronson <laughs> shoe, that's... But um, as really good materials, I think people will go, yeah, and argue it, but I think it's got to be the colourway. I think that is the one element of a shoe that if you've got a good colourway, regardless of the model, you're on to a winner. And I, I totally agree. If you think of anything else in your life colorway or color in general is what you go with right like if you're picking an outfit out for the day you might not have the best quality jeans like your your, your hoodie might be from primark but if it's if you've got a nice color jean and the hoodie is a nice color the outfit's going to look good regardless of the quality and regardless where it's from right and i think it's exactly the same with shoes um let's take dunks <coughs> Frog in my throat. Sorry, that we might have to kind of edit that out. Let's take Dunks as an example. Like we know that the quality of Dunks, standard Dunks, that is, has got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. You see someone wearing an iconic colorway of a Dunk, it's going to look good. Pandas. Yeah. I know everyone That's harps on about like, example. oh, Panda Dunks. They've they're shit. They've ruined the scene. Blah blah blah. It's a black and white Dunk. It looks good. We know the materials are shit. We know it's not going to last you very long, but it looks good on every single outfit, right? It is the most plug-and-play shoe, universal shoe you'll be able to get. So I think colorway is the undisputed thing on a shoe. And then when you start broadening out, like if you have one thing, one element that has to be on every shoe, it has to have a good colorway and look good, then you can start thinking, well, now actually I might be a bit more picky with the silhouette. The materials might need to be a bit better. Oh, let's chuck a story in there. But it has to be good. Like, you can have the best materials, best silhouette, and best story. But if the colorway's shit, you're never going to wear it. Like, if you literally had a rainbow shoe, an entirely rainbow shoe, you just wouldn't wear it of anything, would Mm. you? I mean, some people probably would. I'm thinking of the J Balvin now. But, hey, like, Mm. yeah. I I think that colorway is king. I think Bacon's are a really good example of this. The the recent re-release. Like... The materials were questionable for a lot of people. The QC was appalling. The model, 90. People like a 90, but I I don't know many people that they would say it's their favourite model. However, that colourway, whoo boy. like Iconic colourway, great story. It's just like, even without the story, like if I saw that shoe sat on shelves and didn't know anything about the story, I would still look at that and go, oh, I need a piece of that. But then it also transfers over to like the 180. So like obviously for me, I absolutely love the Bacon 180. Like 
I know you can kind of almost carry the story across, right? But we know that the Bacon colorway is iconic and it's transferable onto other shoes. You look at like the Bacon, um, like 95, 360 or whatever the fuck it is. And like the other Bacon shoes that they've done, like that colorway, that combination of colors looks amazing together. And that's why, like one of the main reasons why people love it. So yeah, I think we're in a mutual mm-hmm. agreement there. Just, colorway is the best. Another good example would be the... Joe Freshgoods, the 992s that we saw, spoke about. Like, silhouette's all right. Like, it's a 992. It's a decent silhouette, but it's not, like, the best silhouette for a lot of people. Story, there is no real story behind it. I know they put a little marketing spin on it. Realistically, it's just a really damn good colorway on a shoe. Yeah. And that has made people go, that's one of the best New Balance shoes to release. That's worth a £1,000. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. just because it's got a banging colorway on it so yeah true yeah i, I think i think colorway is yeah that, i think that's the one i like it well uh next third question kind of third slash fourth is from uh fd from the future fabio so uh pass over to fabio here my question is what is your guilty pleasure within the sneaker world right Scott, I have no idea what to answer for this question. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure in the sneaker world? I almost feel like what I want to say isn't guilty enough, if that makes sense. No, I've got one instantly. My guilty pleasure is putting sail laces in any goddamn shoe I can put sail laces in. That instantly kicked, like, clicked in my head. If I have a slither of hope that sail laces are going to go in a shoe, I'm buying sail laces and I'm throwing them in there. Even if, like, basically I just need any excuse to buy a pair of sail laces and throw it in a shoe. Like, that's really all it is. So, yeah, sail laces in every shoe possible. Chelsea, if you're listening to this, hope you enjoyed that answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sail laces and shoes. Sail laces. Um... In everything. I don't care if we ever get to, like... In 2030, if no one likes the colour sail, I'm still going to be putting sail laces in my shoes. I don't... I don't... I guilty pleasure. I don't know if I have. I can't think of anything really of it. I will say, I think... I do have a bit of a penchant for the mad shoes. And I, I feel like there's a lot of shoes that I look at and I go, oh... And in my head, I'm like, I can't tell people I like these. Because they are questionable sometimes have you got one i mean you can't just like sprinkle that in there without giving us an example what do you think is there a recent shoe that is fucking ugly but you're like i kind of like it zen masters oh jesus christ there you go that is an awful shoe yeah thousand percent that is a crap shoe but i I can't like it this is the thing and it's not and i i i I know we said earlier that you don't, but I quite like a bit of mismatch as well. I quite like a well-done mismatch shoe. I'm not saying like completely radical, um, but yeah, I, th- I think that'll probably be it. Like I'm not, there are some that you, you draw a line at, like the J Balvin ones. That's just a fucking awful shoe. Like it was just yeah awful. Um, but I do like something a bit mad. Um and I feel... I'll tell you my other one, God. and this is more of a guilty pleasure for my taste rather than anything else. Um, bearing in mind for the majority of the two years that we've been doing this podcast, I've been someone that you would just never see wearing a pair of Jordans. 
my guilty pleasure is Jordan Tens. Oh, Jordan like, Tens. Yeah, I I don't know why Jordan Tens and Jordan Eights actually like I don't know what it is about those two silhouettes. They're so anti me, which is why I kind of think of it as like a little bit of a guilty pleasure. But I absolutely love a Jordan Ten. I probably never wear it, but absolutely love them. Yeah, I mean, but, and then you compare that to like a four. I would honestly, I would rather own a pair of Jordan Tens than a pair of fours or something like that. And a lot of people are just going to like fall off their chairs for that. I don't know, but yeah, like uh, Jordan Tens is my guilty pleasure. Second yeah. guilty pleasure. I, yeah, this is the thing. I think there's some. You kind of think it. I don't know if it's guilty pleasures, but you do kind of think, oh, maybe there are some weird things that I like. In yeah, I don't know if guilty pleasure is the right word, but like just something that people wouldn't expect me to do or something that like irritates other people. But I like, like the sale laces, like it's getting to the point now where for a lot of people, they don't like the sale laces and things now. It's almost like, oh, that was quite 2020. We need to move on, but I still love it. And again, like so no one, I don't think if, if someone said to me, if someone like said, what do you think is uh, Matt's favourite Jordan? I don't think a lot of people would say like maybe a 10 or something like that. No, no, I don't think they would. Um, I love a two as well. Yeah, see, too but low. I don't think that's. I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that's too much of a guilty pleasure because, like, they're, well, not at the moment. I think other people like the, twos. It's a big push, isn't it? I would say I. Th- I feel like before before this year, I think if you said you liked a two, most people are looking and be like, oh fuck. But twos a bit twos now, two lows in particular have been obviously a, a big thing this year, and people have quite liked yeah. it. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can't really think off the top of my head for that, but I think there is, yeah, there's some weird things. I, I know Fabio, I, I wouldn't say he's got guilty pleasures, but um, I know he likes to go against the grain in terms of what he likes. I was going to so, say, he uh, likes what he likes, old Fabio, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yes, and he is unapologetic about it, which I fucking love. So, uh, yes, good on you. Well, um, that moves us on to our next question. All the way... From my favourite country in the whole entire world. Oh, Canada. Um, James B. Will. Hey, guys. My question relates to weather and sneakers. I know it's a foreign concept. But yeah, the UK and European sneakerheads tend to gravitate more towards runners and suede. So my question to you is... With all the rain that you guys traditionally get, you guys joke about it, but I know you guys get more rain than us. Do, how do you guys wear a majority of your of your sneakers? Do you guys wait for a sunny day to wear them, or do you just put on a ton of Jason Mark repellent or Crep Protect repellent uh, so that you can wear them uh, on those bad days? So, Scott, this one is... Uh very fitting seeing as we live in a country with shit weather and james lives in a country with shit weather um <laughs> how do you wear the majority of your shoes weather wise um, carefully <laughs> yeah i was gonna say really the answer there is we don't um there are certain shoes i own that see the light of day a small handful of times and there are other shoes that i beat the shit out of because they're a little bit more weatherproof um Pata club c's Funnily enough, today, 1st of December, was the beginning of CGS to 2023. Mm -hmm. So the idea is every day you wear a different shoe for the whole of December going into the 1st of January, right? And I was scrolling through some of the pictures I took of last year's CGS to 2022. or Yeah. 
And uh, there was a picture that I took of me wearing the Pata Club C's. Oh my God, they were so much whiter <laughs> back then than they are now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I looked at the picture, picked my pair up and went, what happened to you? I mean, I love them now and I still wear them to death, but it's a white leather shoe that's now got kind of a little bit messy. It's got a little bit character to it. So you wear that all year round because it's a white shoe. You can wear it in the summer. It's a leather shoe so you can wear it in the winter. Like that is just the beater. If I compare that to like an MTA New Balance 920... That is like select days that's coming out because it is a delicate grey suede shoe. Um, so yeah, I think really the answer to the question is, how do you wear your shoe? How do you wear the majority of your shoes? You don't like. I think the majority of people that have collections <laughs> like us and bigger. You no, don't. honestly, it's true. The majority of people that have collections <laughs> like us, if you're really being honest with yourselves, you have a set number of shoes that are constantly in rotation, and then you sprinkle some others in when you're feeling fancy. That's basically how we do it. Um, I mean, I guess kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say I do really. So my the two that are out pretty much all the time is the Adidas for the Futurecraft and the Paisley Dunk. They're the two that are just sat there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've been at work for six weeks now and I have not worn the same pair of shoes into work twice yet. That's just because you've never been able to wear trainers to work and you're showing off now. It, like, I guarantee in five years' time you're not going to be doing that. The thing is, it, it's one of those where I think previously... Um, it would be a case of, and it still is, like if I'm going out about, you have a look outside, you check the weather forecast, right, chance of rain, it's going to be leather. Um, leather, yeah. And therefore, it's going to be a pair of Dunk or Jordans. Um, and to be fair, I kind of get confused because obviously they did the Gore-Tex Jordans. And I was like, look, leather Jordans are good enough for the rain. Like, what are you doing in Jordans that requires you to need Gore-Tex on them? Like, Apart from those fives are fucking... Beautiful. Well, this is the thing. They they're really good colorways. Like regardless of the Gore-Tex material and how pointless yeah. it is, the colorways are very very nice. Um, like I said, those fives, lovely. But um, it used to be that I would like crack protect spray my suede, do all that type of thing. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I did a bit that. Of Jason Mark Rappel. I can't remember the last time I did that now because it's just got oh, it's I just got to, to a point where it's like, right, if it's raining. I'm wearing leather. If it's not, and I'm I'm gonna wear suede. And sometimes it's a risk. Sometimes you do get caught in the rain. Thankfully, normally what happens is if I'm wearing suede, but I think it's gonna potentially rain. You wear a darker suede. There we go. We wear a darker suede. Yeah, um, exactly. Bo- That's what I mean. If it's, if it's autumn, perfect. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's autumn and I want if it's autumn and dry, I'm wearing pattern nine twenties. I'm wearing. Uh, Patter Air Max 1s, I'm wearing Bacon 90s or, or Bacon 180s or even the Krugers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like If it's that type of autumn weather where you could get caught in the rain, but it's probably not going to happen, yeah. just wear a darker suede. Yeah, if literally. I'm in the middle of August and it is 35 degrees outside, that is when the MTA 920s come out. Yeah, literally like size 95s um, come out. I've got, yeah, some, I've got some lighter blue 90s that are leather wear them but yeah i mean like today i looked outside it looked a bit gray and miserable 
but forecast said it was going to be dry and I was in the office all day. So Saucony Space Fights got the, uh, the first run out because it's been pissing it down for so fucking long. I haven't actually managed to get them on my feet yet. Um, but really good. Also, the, f- uh, the favourite shoe of the people in the office so far. Quite surprised. Can we also say as well, we play a game in our group chat where every other, every now and then we might say, guess what I'm wearing today? Very silly game. I'm sure other people might do it in their group <laughs> chats. If not, we're just weirdos. Anyways, I'm awful at the game. And Scott went, Scott just put a quote in our group chat. This might be the best pair you've worn yet. Dot, dot, dot. What do you think it was? Instantly. First guess, I went, it must be something colourful. Let's say the Sorkinies. Uh, I could not believe it. They were when a big hit to today. When you listen to this podcast, I might have won the lottery. Because I'm that lucky, I'm putting the lottery on. You're doing so, pretty well. Like, I'm, You've won an SB raffle. Well. Like, fucking hell. It's all go. Yeah, well, we don't want to ruin it now because we've got another episode where we need to talk about latest pickups mm, at some so point. Well, but yeah, we, well, I, I might have a pair of Huff Dunks. Got, we we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't know what Huff Dunks, though. They come in a sealed bag. I don't know what um, colourway. There we go, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Sorkany Space Fights. Yeah, everyone really loved them in the office today. Big fan. Um, but, I mean, they are a lovely it's a great shoe. shoe. You know, they're really fucking comfortable as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically... We've gone on the tangent. Yeah, if it, if it rains, it's leather. If it's not raining it's suede if i think it's going to rain it's a dark suede that's basically the rule <laughs> yep. rule of thumb rule of thumb there we go it's kind of it we or don't get as much snow as you. we don't get as much snow as you james so no. we don't have to worry too too much about it. it's just are we going to get wet or am i not going to get yeah. wet or if i'm in the office dictated by material if i'm in the office majority of the day and i know i've got to get from house to car car to office office and then back to car there's a chance i'm like mm, is, it gonna, house. is it gonna piss it down maybe at some point in the middle of the day I might risk a suede pair just because I know I'm going to be inside the majority of the day but yeah. I like it I like it well sticking uh, with our Canadian brothers we're going to move on to our next question which is from uh, Matt O you, you mean Matt Ho Matt Ho Matt Ho 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 it's Thank Christmas you. <laughs> 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 oh, you're awful this is Matt OMTL, and I'm submitting you a question. I want you to debate this based on something I heard at Complex Con when I saw the top sneakers of the year debate. Is changing the color of a classic or iconic shoe worthy of entering that sneaker in the drawing for uh, or into consideration for sneaker of the year? For example, a Virgil off-white green Air Force One versus the plethora of other colors, i.e. the blue, the yellow, the black, the white, etc. that have all released previously. This is a bit of an interesting question. It's all about the uh, is changing the color of an iconic shoe enough to warrant it to be in the sneaker of the year list? Um, and also he's asked kind of a follow-up question. Can a shoe be considered shoe of the year if the price point makes it inaccessible to the normal person? I tell you what, the answer to the second question, a hundred percent, I th- I think so. Um, mm, we I said this said when this before, we talked, we? we when we spoke about the Dior Jordan One, thousand percent. I didn't like that shoe anyway. Still don't like that shoe, but it also just it's not accessible to have a shoe that's over a thousand pounds retail. The only one that slightly makes me go mm, is the Louis Vuitton Off White Air Force One. But I still would say that it's not the sneaker of the year because, again, the price point and the fact that you had to be a certain type of person 
to own it. Like when you look at complex sneakers doing their sneaker of the year list, of course they're all going to put it as the sneaker of the year because they're all fucking gifted them. Do you know what I mean? Like Matt from Wimbledon ain't going to get a pair of Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones. Do you know what I mean? So like it's, yeah, I, I think answer to the second question, definitely price point um, will dictate whether something is shoe of the year. And I also think that simply just changing the colour of an iconic shoe doesn't make it sneaker of the year unless, and this kind of all circles back to what we were talking about a little while ago, it all feeds in, um, unless there is a story behind that change in colour and the materials are good. Like, if we think about, for me, the I know it's slightly different because the paneling's different. My favourite shoe, like favourite single shoe. I know I said earlier that the New Balance 920 is my favourite silhouette, but my single shoe favourite release is the Pata Monarch Air Max One. It, it's it's just basically a different coloured Air Max One. Like granted, it's got the waves, and you can mm. go, oh my god, they've never done that before. Like that's obviously different. But for me, the main reason why I like it isn't because of the waves. It's because the colour is incredible like that combination of kind of a duck egg kind of whitey gray upper and that perfect orange um mm-hmm. kind of uh, additional coloring on there that's why i love it that the sale midsole so it's a little bit of a difficult one i think just simply like if you were just to take a leather jordan one and change the colors i don't think that's good enough to make something a sneaker of the year but it's really a fine line because the majority of shoes that we think are sneaker of the year are always iconic colorways because as we always say on this podcast, nostalgia sells. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a point where you draw the line of like actually, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really difficult question. If, to be honest, if you said, if you are <laughs> changing the colorway, of an iconic shoe and you can't have it in the shoe of the year list you end having many shoes in that shoe of the year list really yeah. like we've said before brands are so reliant on retros that that's essentially what a lot of the time they are um i think when you take into account like the patterns and stuff you've obviously you've got the story and you've got the waves that I know you say like if they just had the colorway, it would still be a shoe. But I don't think you would turn be turning around and going, "It's the greatest shoe ever made." I think it's a combination of all the little things that have just collectively brought that shoe up. No, I do understand, but then you also compare that to like if you like, for me, the Aqua Noise is one of my least favorite in that pack, and. It's just exactly the same story, exactly the same build of a shoe, just blue instead of orange. I yeah. prefer orange. Yeah, the so. thing is, I think like if you think about the white patter um, Air Max, great shoe. It is, but at the same time, if you took away that wavy panel and you just had it as a white Air Max, people would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've seen triple white, white slash sell, yeah. and they, they always kind of sell out. But no one's going, oh my god, shoe of the year. But people would be considering that colorway as a shoe of the year contender this year. Um, it's up there. Yeah, I think it is tricky because if you think of like the collabs and stuff, I know materials are changing and stuff as well. And it depends what how deep you're going with that question. As to say, are you saying just the colorway, or are you saying like the materials and stuff as well? Because again, if you think of like Union Four, I mean it's it's a new color. It's just a different colorway on a on a four but they have also changed the materials and stuff as well so i guess it's what to what extent um 
because it, it is tricky because there is yeah it's a, it's a very interesting one because I don't think you would have much again the question always gets raised and I guess it's a bit of an add on to this is like do should retros be allowed in the shoe of the year list we know a lot of people are going to go lost and founds shoe of the year and you're there like come on now it's a retro of a Chicago I know they have adjusted it in this instance but I mean sneakers listed it as Chicago yeah, if they just release to Chicago every single year, does that mean the Chicago is going to be the exactly. of the year every single year? Yeah, Fire I think. Threes, I think really, what we're, I think if we're taking Matt's question literally, simply changing a color of an iconic silhouette, does it warrant sneaker of the year? No, because again, if I'm taking it like really, really simple, let's take a Jordan One. Like right now, a lot of people are going to say lost and found, sneaker of the year, right? Because it is that iconic Chicago colorway. If you take out that red and replace it with green, is that now a sneaker of the year? No, it isn't. Because it's not like it doesn't have everything else alongside it. Do you know what I mean? The Chicago mm, yeah. is people's grail because it's the Chicago, it's the original, it's like the first shoe, like the potentially the most iconic shoe ever made. But like when you really put it down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's a Jordan one. If I take out the red and replace it with green, no one's going to be like, oh my god, it's the green lost and found. Well, I mean, Do you know what I mean? Like, they're it's not, not a are thing. they? Like, gorge green released. People are like, oh, whatever, sat. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. but to kind of, I guess, flip it on its head slightly, like, I know we've already mentioned them, but Joe Freshgood's 992s, that is simply a new colorway on an iconic shoe. But that shoe was argued for shoe of the year. Yeah, but this is why I'm saying like it's Jounds as well. I mean, again, yeah. like I know, I know for it's, a fact it's, it's such a tricky question. It's yeah, such a tricky it question is, because, it's like I said, there question. is it's such a there's such a fine line between lazy color changing and perfect timing. Like because realistically, like the Jound nine nine two is simply the fact that everyone loves a shoe that has that Jound logo on it. At the time, people were getting into dad shoes. Mm. And at the time, those colours were very on trend. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, it's a per- like technically, you are right. It is just changing a colourway on a shoe, but there's the perfect storm of everything else. Like, if you just took a random, like, let's take Silver Bullets, for example, that released this year, right? If you just take the Silver Bullets, the 97s, and just change that to, I don't know, even something quite close, rather than a Silver Bullet, it's a Bronze Bullet. Mm-hmm. Like that isn't going to make it sneaker of the year just because you've changed it to a bronze colorway. So, well, but I, I, it, I get exactly what I get exactly what you're saying. It is such a difficult fine line because we never ever just see we've ne- we never just see a shoe that like because the other thing I'd say people are saying about the Joe Fresh goods technically it's a nine nine two just with a change of color. It's not just a 992, is it? It's not a GR992 that's accessible to the whole public. It's a limited edition uh, Joe Fresh Goods, uh, but... and that's where all of a sudden... No, because that's that makes it... We all know that exclusivity oh, increases yeah, yeah. demand. So that's the thing. Is but, It's not just changing an iconic you, colour, is it? Because put a new, you've put another uh, kind of thing in, another uh, kind of item. Yeah, because... Now we're talking about accessibility, and it's again like. But that's the point I'm making. It, like, you know, if you if you change the colorway of a iconic shoe, but make it limited, does that become a shoe of the year? But if you made it less limited, do. 
all of a sudden it's not. Lost and Found, as we said, is a good is a weird example because it was really accessible to everybody, really. And everyone loves it. But at it. the same time, people are going sure of the year. It's just an iconic colorway on a Jordan. Um, it is a really interesting one. I know where this has come from, and I, I imagine this might be brought up in the complex discussion because I know that he was at ComplexCon. Oh. And he witnessed the complex show of the year discussion, which he was messaging me about live as he was doing it. And he was like, I, <laughs> I can't believe what's going on. Why here. am I here? Um, yeah, basically, he was having an absolute, he was having a meltdown at it all. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I Volker, haven't. Uh, like the, 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 the shoes that he had on his feet looks very, very nice, though. Just saying. Uh, yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see more of this runner. But um, yeah, and I mean to, to as I haven't really addressed the, the other bit about the price. We've, we've spoken about this. Yeah, the price point is a factor. Um, it is a factor because, like I say, Dior Jordan One people can go, oh yeah, it's sure of the year. But the fact that it's just almost inaccessible to everybody, yeah. I know. Again, you could argue when we talk about like the Louis Vuitton Air Force, how inaccessible they were to everybody. Should they be in contention for show of the year because they were essentially glorified art pieces that people could get if they had a lot of money? I don't know. Again, it's another contentious one, but um, it made a statement. To be fair, it was an, it was kind of a an iconic kind of moment for this year um, it was a standout kind of time i know this isn't i know this isn't the question but i think that is way closer to a sneaker of the year than the jordan one um only because the jordan one is simply just slapping dior on a jordan one there is a lot of background to oh, like, the oh, whole 100%. reason why virgil did that collaboration was because for years we've seen at markets like Louis Vuitton stamped on Air Forces, like a lot of people, especially in America, like that's a flea market special, right? So for most people, they've probably owned those as a fake pair growing up. So there's that re- there's that nod back to that culture. And obviously the fact that it's connected to Virgil and obviously his, his, his passing as well, there's a lot more to it. I know that's kind of going off on another no, 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 I, I, I agree, still though. personally, I still personally wouldn't call it a sneaker of the year because again, the only people that are going to get it are your fat Joes of the world, Mm -hmm. are your kind of big celebrities of the world. Like, yeah, maybe a couple of average Joes with lots of money, which then therefore makes them not an average Joe. Like, some people do have it, but, like, like, it's a shoe that, like, little babies pulling out on complex closets, whatever the fuck it is. So, yeah, I don't think that's anywhere near... Is little baby a real person, or is that... Did you just make that up? I don't know anymore. Is that a real person? You can tell you're not cool. I'm cool. I know little baby's a person. Me, 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 what me. the fuck is that little baby? Not cool. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I, but I, I will kind of to wrap this up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the 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 Louis Vuitton Air Force is more of a shoe of the year contender than the Dior. The Dior was just look Dior Jordan. Haha! <laughs> Everybody spent loads of money. Yeah, um, yeah. The the Louis Vuitton Air Force. There was a lot of backstory to it. It was quite an emotional release, really and everything that was kind of linked around it there was reason for it and that will go down as an iconic shoe mainly because of everything that it represents and everything around it so i can see why people would argue it for shoe of the year the dior's like i didn't really see i just it was the fact that oh look it's a dior jordan one it's really expensive and somebody Ooh, expensive. And somebody yeah. wore it to the presidential ceremony whoop de fucking do yeah but um that moves us on because otherwise we're going to visit all day. Matt does know how to ask a uh, complicated uh, grey area question, but uh, 
That moves us on to less of a complicated grey area question from the baddest bitch in Barrow, Ryan. Hey, shout out Ryan, the bad bitch. Hello there. So, my question is, what in the past year would you say is the best sneaker, trainer, crep, kick, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) that has been worn by a wrestler? I await your answer with bated breath. Of course, Ryan's going to ask the uh, wrestling-related <laughs> question, Scotty boy. Um, in the past year, um, what in the past year would you say is the best trainer worn by a wrestler? Um, this is a really easy question, Scott. It's Action Bronson wearing the Action Bronson New Balance <laughs> 990 V6. Uh, Next. If, that's my uh, serious answer as well. Really? So that, uh, it was a wrestling match. Did he not wrestle in it? I mean, yes. Um, there we go. It's the best shoe. I mean, there have been a few um, instances. I mean, it's kind of annoying because I didn't realise it was... I didn't realise he said in the past year because in my head I was thinking like that fragment Jordan Travis won, fragment, yeah, with, with, the, with nail, the thumbtacks with the on thumb, the bottom by the young That bucks. is just... Iconic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need a T-shirt with that. Yeah, in the last year, it's Action Bronson, hands down. Um, I think it's a cool moment. I think there's been a lot of cool customs that have been done by like Martian stuff. I think the women's Jordan and like Nike customs that get done are always top notch. Like they always absolutely smash it. Um. I would probably say, you know what? I think the best one I've seen, and it's actually one that was really recent, um, the Finn Balor Judgment Day Jordan Customs that got done. I thought they were really well done and actually quite like they fit the character. I didn't even realise that he was wearing Jordans in the match. I didn't even clock it. They no, just fit his just attire. Like black boots, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. just fit his attire. But when you actually look at the close-up pictures with the like the metallic purple and the X and everything, yeah, I think they're really clean. Um, and I'm just looking back. Um, there is actually an Instagram page where they it kind of shows you what wrestlers have been wearing, and they're all wearing Jordans and all this type of thing, and just basically standard Jordan one high colorways, etc. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I'd probably say is something that it hasn't been as much of a thing in wrestling this year. Like, I think it's become. I think if you think about twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, the young bucks in the early days of AEW. And I'm sorry if you're not into wrestling, you might this might go in one ear and out the other for listeners. But for those of you that are into wrestling, um, I think when we were in that super super hype moment of like really expensive shoes, I know of course there are still expensive shoes coming out, but we haven't had really that many shoes this year that are on the level of like the Travis ones or the Travis fragment ones and things like this. Like when you see a shoe that is selling on stock X for like three grand and a wrestler glues thumbtacks to the bottom of it (laughs) and shoves it in someone's bloody face. Like that is like a (gasps) shock factor. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas now, and also no one else was really doing it. Whereas now there are way more wrestlers that are just going out there wearing trainers than there are wrestling boots. Like, 
So because of that, I think it's just like you cho- like any anyone that watch, watches any wrestling show, it's inevitable that maybe three of the five matches, at least one of the wrestlers is going to be wearing trainers. Mm. Whereas even last year or the year before, that wouldn't be the case. So I think it's just like people aren't as like worried about it now. No, um, I, I think... Which it's... is why the answer is Action Bronson. <laughs> I think it's one of those where... I know you said about like um, wrestlers and like the trainers, it's not like as big a thing, but I think actually this year it's become a bigger thing. Like if you look, you've got, I mean, Kofi Kingston's always been a big like sneaker head. He's been on sneaker shopping. He's wearing them. Obviously you've always had your Shano Max, etc. But you've now got the likes of like Daniel Garcia, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Ricochet. All the, I'm listing names. If you're not into yeah, wrestling, this not means like, absolutely yeah, but, bullshit to you, rubbish to yeah, you. But, but, the, but the thing is, but, is it's not. It's not like you're saying it's a bigger thing because it's adopted by more people. But it, it's actually made it less of a thing because before it was like if you were into wrestling, it would be like, oh, what are they gonna wear right. today? And now you just see everyone. So I don't even care. Like, so someone could pull out the most expensive pair of trainers ever, and I'm not really gonna bat an eye because now I just expect to see people. Wearing trainers so at a wrestling show. My my point was kind of going to be that like I think in terms of trainers in wrestling, it is probably bigger now than ever in terms of like I say there are more people doing it and you don't even realise. But I think Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, they were the key. They were the catalyst to this kind of people wearing them and doing it more because they did the thumbtack Jordans. They've done lots of things. I mean, there was a whole. <laughs> there was a whole fucking storyline where Eddie Kingston stole their shoes um, like because their shoes yeah. cost money and I think they made it a part of their character and they made it a thing um, and I think that but was why once at the, they I'll, went I'll, it was yeah. it's become more but I'll cut in accepted. there for a second name me one pair of shoes they've worn this year without looking at that Instagram page what the Bucks the Young Bucks off, off white dunks. They both wore different right, pairs play, of off white dunks. Yeah, this is the thing. They they've worn well, the, a lot. The, the, the um, only point Heritage, I was making Heritage is like Jordan last ones. year it was a big deal, whereas this year it wasn't. Like that's it, the yeah. thing. That's the point I'm making. But is they, like, the answer they to haven't Ryan's made it a big deal this year. I think they, it's because people no. haven't made it a big deal. And before last year, it was the key part of their character. They integrated sneakers into wrestling, and they made it a thing. Now people are just wearing them because Jordans are cool. And look, I'm a wrestler. I'm going to be cool, and that's what's happening. Wrestlers have always worn custom Jordans and stuff to the ring, etc. I mean, Mosh has been doing it for WWE superstars for years, um, but it hasn't really been made a a thing. Like it's more if you notice them, you notice them. If you don't, or oh, whatever. The Young Bucks made it part of their character. They made it a big deal. But yeah, it's not. It's difficult because it, it because you see so many. I mean, to be honest, if you were into Jordans, you could name any Jordan one colorway. And somebody will have worn it at some point this year, um, but I would say, yeah, um, I think it, in terms of being unique, um, those Finn Balor Jordan ones that came out recently—they're the only ones that I'm like, oh shit, they're cool. Um, everyone else is like, oh, I call they're wearing a Jordan or a Yeezy. Great. Well, we'll jump back to something that's a little bit more uh, accessible to everyone. Um, seeing as, <laughs> otherwise, we're going to go on like a 30-minute segment on wrestling trainers and lose 80% of our audience. Um, yeah, there's, there's more wrestling fans question, out there than you know. Guarantee, I would put a solid bet that 75% of the people that listen to this podcast aren't into 
wrestling. Maybe not now, but they will have been at some point in their life, I guarantee. I bet there's a few people that have tried to give stunners or rock bottoms to their siblings at some point in their life. Hey, I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that, but I'm just saying, like, let's not make it too wrestling focused. We need to <laughs> include everyone. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, next question um, is from uh, Lorenzo. So uh, let's see what what's, what's Lorenzo asking us today. Okay, so my question is, what was your sneaker discovery of the year? So was there a shoe this year that you discovered that you really liked that you might not have previously entertained? Um, for me, my sneaker discovery of the year was the ASICS Gel Cayano 14. Like I, I previously haven't been into ASICS for a good few years, probably since like 2015 with the Gel Light 3s and Gel Light 5s. Um, but I got the Jound collaboration and it's one of the best shoes I've ever had in terms of comfort and it just looks really nice on foot. So for me, that was my sneaker discovery of the year and I'm going to be looking to get more of those into next year. This is a bit of an interesting question, Scott. Um, what was your sneaker discovery of the year? I feel like you are going to have an answer to this way quicker than I am. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Ooh, um, I mean, it, it, he did kind of, he said there, like, his discovery of the year was the Asics JLK Arno 14, which he they had the Awake collaboration and the Jound collaboration, sorry, that um, he's been loving. Um, I don't know if you saw yeah. the job that he did on them as well. Ooh, boy. Oh, dear me. That's a absolutely beautiful. Um, so subtle. So well done. So nice, as always. Um in terms of discovery, um, I think my sneaker discovery in terms of a brand, Saucony. I mean, I we, say, we like, say we're on we the Saucony hype. earlier. It had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is this is the discovery that I'm like, wow. Um, the like this is, I'm like I say we've said for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Um, I am very big into just looking at what Sorkin is producing. Absolutely amazing stuff. I'm intrigued in any of their um, Shadow 5000, 6000s, the Jazzes, all of that type of thing. There's a really nice 5000 that's releasing tomorrow, I believe, that looks really good, but there's too many good shoes releasing at the moment for me to remotely consider purchasing it. However, I will say that, and I had been told about this model for a long time, and I just ignored it. Um, and I know I've bigged this shoe up all year since I've had it literally since the beginning of the year. Oh, but the God. Adidas response is a shoe that I had been told about by numerous people as to how comfy and how good that shoe was. I have to say, I know obviously the Bad Bunny is there and it's brilliant, but as a model, and I have tried some other responses on when I've gone into like the Adidas outlet and stuff, that shoe's brilliant. Like it's such a good, comfortable runner. It looks good, the colorways are good, it's cheap. Like, yeah, I mean you could pick a pair up like 90 quid is retail. Like, if you're looking for a really good looking, fits the time, fits the trend and style at the moment. That response, there's some really good colorways that I keep looking at, and I'm like, yeah, I might, I might pick them up at some point. Just almost as beaters, just because you can. Um, 
it's a really good model. It's a really, really good model. And like I say, I should have listened to the people that told me prior because I had been told by numerous people how good that model was, but there wasn't many pairs that I was like, eh, yeah, some of the colorways are really nice, but I'm, eh, whatever, I'm not going to listen to you people. What do you know? Um, I was wrong. I should have listened to them. Really good shoe. Um, so yeah, brand, Saucony, model, Adidas response. Very impressed. Um, I'm a creature of habit. And you as we know, it's been well documented <laughs> over, the last, uh, over the last few weeks, we've had multiple conversations whereby I have said I'm all in on something and then I'm all out on something. So therefore, stumbling across new discoveries is quite difficult for me when I like to stay in my lane. <laughs> but your, yours um, is a rediscovery. It's not a new discovery. It's just going. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, I do have one. I do good. have one new discovery. I do have one new discovery, and um, was it the I'm beat so pick? glad was that, last that... Year? that was last year. <laughs> it would be the beatnik, though, to be perfectly honest. If uh, if we had got us this last year, I'm going to have to go with the. Um, my discovery was the comfort of the Mizuno Wave Rider Ten. Uh, mm. Thanks to uh, the good people at Foot Patrol for sending me a pair because it's not a shoe. Like, I've seen so many people. This like techie runner kind of aesthetic is very in at the minute. Loads of people are wearing them. Loads of people are raving about these kind of techie Mizunos and Asics and things like this. And they're all a little bit expensive. Um, it's not really something that I ever thought would really suit me. So it's not really something that I've kind of looked at. And then Foot Patrol sent me the Mizuno Wave Rider 10, and I wore that shoe the whole time in Paris with a broken leg. Um, since coming back from Paris and just realizing the comfort levels, that has been on my feet basically every week since. I absolutely love that shoe now. Like, granted, I got given it, what, back in July, and I didn't wear it much leading up to Paris. Threw it on a couple of times. Um... But yeah, like t wearing it to Paris and wearing it nonstop for four days whilst trying to drag my leg around Paris just made me kind of understand this is a really, really good shoe. And it pissed it down in Paris and I still wore them and the hairy suede still looks good. And like, I'm, I just think that, yeah, the, the comfort of the Mizuno Wave Rider 10 is probably my discovery. Because other than that, I haven't really ventured out from my norm. Like I still like my new balances i still like my club c's i still like my air maxes um so i, I don't really I, I, yeah i stay in my lane a little bit that was for that's forced me to go out of my lane and i'm very glad that i did so yeah that's my little discovery yeah i think you said how good that shoe was and i think like say having four days on your feet um around uh paris is is a good test of a shoe to be honest oh, yeah. um Especially so in my walking <clears throat> situation at the time. Yeah, um, but yeah, again, it's a model that I've heard a lot of people say how good, how good it is. So uh, we have evidence. You have first-hand experience. So um, hey, it's a good shoe. I, I must admit, it, it does seem to be the. Um, I mean, the rise of the runner seems to be coming back. I think uh, I know people yeah, but are not still not like the retro, not the retro runner, like the actual runner runner. Like that's the thing. It's not mm. like oh, it's the rise it's like of the runner. Runners, Everyone buy nine nineties. It's like, oh, the rise of the runner, let's all buy Solomons. Like, that's yeah, the, this thing. Is the thing. It's, like, it's like all Solomons. techie kind of comfort, long-distance yeah. walking shit. Yeah, Solomons, um, Which I, I totally Mel, get it. Asics. I totally get it. Um, even, like, yeah, 
like Saucony's and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you're seeing people wear like actual almost performance shoes just being yeah, yeah. jazzed up. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but, Collabs, you know what? good materials in there. Practicality, I think a lot of it as well is like comfort is key. I think that's the evolution from the dad shoe, right? It's like, oh, you thought these 990s were really comfortable. Why don't you try the shoe that's actually designed in the modern era to be comfy? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the big thing. It's like, it's not a retro. It's a shoe that is just actually supposed to be comfy and has some technology behind it right scott um might sound like to the listeners that we're having an abrupt end to this episode and that's because we are (laughs) um (laughs) at the beginning of this episode we kind of explained that this was our two-year anniversary and uh we obviously got this big q a that we're doing um when we were recording this episode we came to the realization that this was really fucking long um but we didn't want to uh kind of cut out any of the questions or miss out on any of this amazing content because our amazing guests had taken time out of their day to submit these questions and we just didn't think it was right so uh, what we basically decided to do was to split the episode in half um so what you'll expect next week there won't be a normal episode next week instead you will hear part two of our two-year anniversary so uh with that um i still should probably close this episode out scott and say uh thank you for listening to part one of our two-year anniversary of the doubled up podcast remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family make sure you follow at doubled up podcast on instagram and use hashtag doubled up pod to be featured on the instagram page you can find me matt at matt underscore sibley underscore on instagram scott tell the listeners where they can find you you can find me at underscore sneaker teacher speak to you next time guys goodbye Welcome to the Double Up Podcast.